It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Over the weekend, we had back together Saturday, and we got a little bit more information about Joe Burrow's injury. Let's update you about the Bengals franchise quarterback and get those practice takeaways from Back Together Saturday. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're on the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, covering your Cincinnati Bengals every day. You can subscribe to this show on YouTube, and when you subscribe to the show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast, it makes it really easy for you to become an everydayer and make sure you're not missing out on any of our coverage of the Cincinnati Bengals. It makes it really easy for you to make us your first listen every day. We appreciate all of you in that first listen club and James we've got a couple practices to talk about we've got some updates on Trey Hendrickson's contract that we talked about last week so if you're an everydayer we talked about what we thought might be the structure of Trey Hendrickson's contract we're going to talk about what we were wrong about what that means and we also have some news and it's thin but we have some news since we last talked about Joe Burrow's calf injury and the extent of that injury and what that means so Let's start there, James. Joe Burrow, calf strain. But as the social media account said, don't send in your calves. Joe Burrow should be okay. Not necessarily panic alarms here going off for the team after getting him into the imaging equipment and and seeing the extent of the injury. No, certainly not panicking. And I, I think, if anything, it was the opposite. It was a huge sigh of relief, not only that it was a, a calf injury and not something more catastrophic or serious. But the fact that at least the vibes I'm getting are that they're not really concerned about him being ready for that September 10th season opener against the Browns. Now, the, there is some, and I don't even want to say concern, but awareness in the building that calves are tricky. Recovering from a calf injury is tricky. And so they've given him a crutch. They got him in a boots. You know, they're wheeling him around trying to keep him off that, that foot as best as, as much as possible, that right leg as much as possible. And so we'll see. Haven't had eyes on Joe Burrow. I'm not sure if he was in the building at all when I was there on Saturday. I know he was on Friday. And, and that's this is such a Joe Burrow like thing. So this this injury happens on Thursday. And he gets treatment. We're in the locker room. I'm trying to get teammates reaction, get as much info as possible. We record our show prior to this one, our last show. And he's in the building, leaves around 730-ish, and he was back the next morning. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know this for sure, but it, it is fun to talk about. I wouldn't write it, but I, it's the podcast we could talk about. I'm pretty sure he drove himself to work on Friday. Like, with the, so I, I think so. And um, and he was in the building again on Friday morning. So I don't know if he was there on Saturday for Back Together Saturday. Like I said, I didn't see him. But he's certainly getting the necessary treatment, rest, all of those things. And uh, so 
look, now it's how fast can he heal? And even if he does heal fast and he ends up being ahead of schedule, I, I still think they take it really slow because of the chances of, of re-aggravating uh, an injury. You don't want this to linger, and you don't want this to be a topic, not just week one. You don't want this to be a topic week five, week seven, at any point during the regular season. Yeah, it's one of those injuries where it's hard to know when exactly the muscle is at 100%. You can be at 90% feeling good, not necessarily feeling any symptoms, but the muscle isn't 100% healed. And that's where those aggravations occur. That's where those re-injuries happen when you're not necessarily symptomatic, you're, you're feeling good, but the structure isn't 100% back to where it was before. And then you try to plant on that leg, push off of it, make an explosive move. And, and that's where those concerns are. And that's why you play this conservatively, as you referenced, James. That's why, you know, unless things are miraculous, Beyond just a fast recovery, miraculous recovery, you're not going to yeah. see Joe Burrow before the games count. Very, and we shouldn't. Yeah. We shouldn't. I just, it's too scary. That feeling that we had on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we never have that feeling again because it's the worst. It is the worst. The Bengals did sign a quarterback to help offset the loss of Joe Burrow's presence in training camp. To be Cam very Newton? specific. AJ McCarron. Oh, this is a a quarterback that Joe Burrow has played against. In fact, there there are a number of fun trivia facts we have about the Bengals. New quarterback Reed Sinet, formerly in the XFL, spent a preseason with the Eagles, spent a preseason with the Dolphins. We don't need to spend, I, I think, a ton of time here, but he will help with the load on the quarterbacks in camp, as Zach Taylor and others have referred to. Just so. You don't have two quarterbacks making all the throws. You can spread it back out to three guys to, to even out the workload. But Reed Sinet had his best preseason game in his NFL career against the Bengals back in 2021 and is the only quarterback that Joe Burrow has ever played against in the preseason. <laughs> he took three snaps against Miami in that week three preseason game in 2021, and Reed Sinet was the quarterback for the entire game for Miami. In that game, Reed Sinet also completed three of his five deep attempts for 104 yards and two touchdowns. So maybe they just wanted a guy to throw those deep balls to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in practice. Maybe they didn't feel like they were getting enough deep ball work with the court. I'm just kidding. Of course they are. But Reed Sinet had a really good game against the Bengals there. They remember that. He went to the XFL. They worked him out along with Drew Plitt, decided to sign Sinet, and he will be in there for camp. He might get some run in preseason games if they need them to. But they're not signing Teddy Bridgewater here. It's not a high-level backup that you might need to spot start, which tells Mm -hmm. you something about how they feel about week one, I think, as well. Yeah, I think it's that. I also think they just really like the two guys they have. And we'll get to Jake Browning and Trevor Simeon a bit more. But Based on what I heard, there was never really a conversation about the Teddy Bridgewaters, about the higher-end backups. And uh, I think some will hear that and say, well, why not? I think others will look at that the way you do. And they they were merely looking for a camp arm. And uh, obviously, I was joking about Cam Newton, McCarron. I was just trying to name big names that, uh, you know, would get the people going a bit. But yeah, this was always their 
their plan. I knew they were going to add someone. Zach Taylor said it on Friday. And so Reed Sinet, come on down. Let's see what you got. And um, it works for me. Keep keep those arms fresh. Because the one thing is, is we, like this backup quarterback competition, we're going to get a real, real look at it now. Because Joe Burrow is going to get all those reps with the ones, obviously. Now we get to see these guys with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins. And we, we already have to a degree. But we're going to see it throughout camp. And so now that to me, outside of Burrow injury, Burrow's injuries is one of the biggest storylines is which guy it succeeds the most with these starters because that guy is probably going to be the one, uh, assuming that he plays well in preseason games, but that guy is going to be the one that wins the job. Yeah, which guy plays the best for a role we hope we don't have to see after Oh, yeah. We don't want to see these guys after the preseason. That's, That's it. Right. Hold that clipboard. Preseason story, we hope. Let's talk a little bit about Trey Hendrickson's contract, a little bit different from what we expected when we talked about this last, when we were kind of trying to speculate about the details we had and what that would likely mean for his contract. So we'll give you the updated scoop on what exactly Trey Hendrickson's contract looks like and what that might mean. We, we tied it to T. Higgins and other extensions. We'll talk about that as well. And then we'll dive into some training camp takeaways from the last couple practices since our last episode coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. If you bet 20 bucks, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose with FanDuel. That's 200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Maybe you think Shohei Otani. Maybe you think it's going to be Ellie De La Cruz, my guy Matt McClain. Well, you can wager on all of those guys and so much more with FanDuel. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. So go there now. It's America's number one sportsbook for a reason. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Trey, Trey Hendrickson got a $5 million signing bonus in addition to $15 million in 2025 with his new contract. What we originally had assumed is that they would take all of Hendrickson's base salary from 2023 and prorate it, put it into that signing bonus, push it out into the future, spread that cap hit out over the life of the deal to reduce the cap hit more significantly than they did in 2023, another three or $4 million more than they did. And, and there would be some increases in 2024 and 2025, and they would be able to fit more into the cap this year if they needed to. What the Bengals instead opted to do was push down that number in 2025 a little bit. It's $20 million of new money for Trey Hendrickson, 21-ish million dollars of, of new money for Trey Hendrickson. 
uh, for, for 2025 and some of that getting paid out this year in, in the form of that signing bonus that we talked about. But his cap hit in 2025, instead of being over $20 million, will be just south of $20 million at $18.6 million. So instead of pushing those cap hits out into the future, they've essentially settled on a virtually identical cap number for Trey Hendrickson in 2023 because they didn't take all of that salary and prorated. They took some of it, I think about $3 million or so, and prorated that. So the cap hit does go down about $300,000. So it's, it's just over $3 million that they end up prorating to, to get that cap hit down just a little bit. But, or maybe more than that. But regardless, the, the ultimate impact is that the cap hit goes down a very small amount in 2023. And previously when we had talked about this, James, we tied it to the T Higgins extension, the Logan Wilson extension saying that if they needed that cap space in 2023, they could, you know, for signing bonuses or these sorts of things, reducing, saving $4 million here and $4 million on the mixing contract could go a long way in getting those done. That's not the case. But the one thing that I want to throw in there is that this doesn't necessarily mean that we were right about that speculation before that they need the cap space in 2023 they are saving a little bit in the future when some other numbers like joe burrow jamar chase t higgins could potentially be bigger so they will save the cap space on the back end of the deal which is what they typically do this is a very standard bengals business kind of thing it's just not exactly what we expected at first and there could be an impact potentially if they do need that space but i don't think they do the deal this way if they know they need that space in 2023 yeah, the, the other part of this, that when they did this Hendrickson deal, it was just like, oh, well, this could go hand in hand and this could make sense because now it gives them even more room and they've already cleared cap space with Joe and now maybe Trey too. And so that's the part that's just odd to me. And you're right. Maybe they just don't need it and they know that a cap space issue just isn't going to be there if they get the deal done they'll be able to get the deal done regardless and they feel comfortable with the amount of cap space i understand that i also just from a t higgins standpoint when i think about and again not again the first time i'll say this i'm going to say it a lot probably as we talk about these extensions katie and the Bengals, they know what they're doing cap wise they've studied that obviously this is just me with my thousand foot view but i would want to spread out T Higgins and Jamar Chase and separate them as much as possible. You front load T, you get him paid. Obviously you're getting Burrow paid this year. That one is going to happen regardless. But if you extend T, I would want his money as as far away from Chase's as possible. And Chase is obviously coming down the pike too. And you're probably going to hopefully get that done next off season. And so wouldn't it be nice to, to have a, a higher cap hit for T now and, and use that now. So you don't have, both guys, but let's say Jamar on his fifth year option with a, a pretty big cap hit, which would be 2025 and T Higgins in the middle of his extension. Like that's the part that concerns me a bit because you're already going to have Burrow's money kick in. You're going to have T now potentially if you extend him and then Jamar, that's what outsiders say is like, it's tough to juggle. I love the idea of almost separating them where T and Jamar don't really overlap much and then you can do it and it's kind of easier to, to stomach. So I know they have a plan. I'm not really concerned about it. I am surprised though, that this didn't free up more cap space this season. Yeah. The interesting thing is they can still accomplish that spreading out of the cap hits for 
T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. It's just slightly less. And it, it gives them, by not putting that cap space into 2023, it gives them the additional cap space in 2025. The cap, the cap hit is always going somewhere, right? And mm-hmm. so they, they get an extra $3, 4000000 million in 2025 where they can put a little bit of money instead of putting it into the current year. They, I'm sure, have done all the math here. They, they figured all this stuff out. And if they want to, quote-unquote, front-load the T Higgins deal from a cap perspective, they can just put as much of a year one roster bonus into that deal as they can to max out the cap this year. The other thing about this is they end up with unutilized cap space because you know, they're going to float a little bit into the season to deal with injuries and that sort of thing. Like they always do. It always rolls over. So that will always be there for them the next year if they don't end up using it in the current year. So that's where I say it might not be a huge deal. This might not really mean anything for the T Higgins deal, even though previously, like you said, we did talk about the the potential idea of using that cast space for other things. The Bengals certainly have a plan here. Uh, You know, that's where I'm saying, why would they do the deal this way? If they needed that space, would they really let their fear of dead cap hits in the future drive that, that hard? I don't think so. The dead cap hit in that, extra year for Trey Hendrickson is minimal. It'd be $2.6 million if for whatever reason he doesn't end up playing in the last year in that new extended year of the deal. So that that wouldn't necessarily be it. So we'll, we'll see what happens there as we continue to wait for some of these other contracts and structures to come in. Just was a little bit surprising uh, given yeah. that they, they kind of went halfway. They, they restructured some of the salary. They didn't do all of it. And it was just a little bit surprising given what what they could have done. And, and what we kind of expected them to do with that deal. For sure. And they were able to get it done, though. Obviously, it's nice to have Trey Hendrickson around. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good time to get to some training camp observations. Uh, can we start with the rookies? Let's start Let's with the rookies. I, I think the the standout rookie through the first four practice sessions has been Juan Drago. DJ Turner the second has uh, all of the athleticism, quickness, burst, whatever you want to describe, all of that is translated to the field. And the thing that I love about him is when the ball is in the air, he's comfortable. He can mm-hmm. track it. He's able to get his head around. He's able to make a play on the ball. We've seen corners not be able to do that. Heck, we've seen receivers struggle with with tracking with the ball down the field. I love what I'm seeing from him. And, and he's worked his way up. He's made plays against Stanley Morgan Jr., Andre Yosevash, uh, multiple different um, Kwame Lasseter, I know, uh, just past breakups. And, and so on Back Together Saturday, got elevated and got to go against Jamar Chase, got to go against T. Higgins Salmon. I love it because that's going to make him that much better. Cam Taylor Britt is going through that right now with Jamar Chase facing him a lot with Cheeto out. And uh, so Chase had a really nice catch over Turner. But we talked about this before we started. Turner was in great position and he mm-hmm. stayed with him. And, uh, you know, he might get out muscled at times, especially with Jamar Chase. He's arguably Dave Lapham called him the strongest receiver in the game. He's one of them for sure. The way he plays, he's a freakish. Yeah. I, uh, I really like what I'm seeing from Turner and, and we didn't hear much about him in OTAs. You notice that we didn't hear much about him. He wasn't doing much, but he looks really, really comfortable out there. Smooth. I had, I had one veteran tell me, I didn't realize how explosive he was. I knew he could run. I didn't realize how explosive he was. So he's he's impressed th- through the the first week of camp for sure. 
Yeah, top tier athlete. You can see it in the various clips you have. The the comfort and and ease with which he can find the ball in the air. You know, he he's tr- turned running with the receiver down the sideline, can get his head around, knows where to look for the ball, is able to locate the ball, is able to not break stride when doing so, and and then is making plays on the ball. That's what, five, six pass breakups in in the handful of practices we've had. He's been a little bit hard on himself, thinking that some of them should have been picks, and maybe he's right, maybe some of them should have been, but they would have been pretty spectacular interceptions in, in a couple of cases, I think, in, in some of the plays that he's talked about. And, and the one play that is out there that has that shows Jamar Chase going over, uh, going through, over, whatever you want to say, Turner on the sideline from back together Saturday. And, and you mentioned this, he's in great position. He's pressed up on Jamar Chase and he's able to open his hips, run with him and, and play through his hands and try to make a play on the ball. But Jamar Chase is just too strong in that position to, to have DJ Turner get the pass break up there. But that's still a really encouraging play for Turner that you see guys get pressed up on Jamar Chase and then get absolutely dusted. Not the case for DJ Turner, who top-tier athlete showing up. Yeah. And and if the technique – and Zach Taylor mentioned this, the consistency is really the requirement for corners, right? And, and, and getting that – playing at that level over three weeks, over three months is, is I think, roughly what he's talking about or roughly the quote as more complexity gets installed over the next few weeks as well. I think getting him as many reps, and he kind of overtook Sidney Jones, getting him as, as many reps against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and, and even Tyler Boyd, of course, that would be awesome. Yeah. Because I know Cam is benefiting. I, I know Cam Taylor Britt's benefiting a ton. So that's one training camp takeaway. There's another DJ. It's like Lil Wayne in the mid 2000s. We've got a couple DJs to talk about. We'll get to the other one coming up next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Great pool. Lil Wayne in the mid-2000s. Half of our listeners might not have gotten that, but it's okay. There's like the 30% that are probably... A little bit too seasoned to know and then there's like the 30 percent that's a little bit too young anyway dj i another standout from back together saturday yeah uh nearly two interceptions nice pass breakup had an interception has good length good size is comfortable i i just i think he's really making a push here to make the team jake like it it, it made me look at that cornerback room again and just see okay is Sidney Jones a lock? Do they need to keep Jalen Davis as the backup nickel? Like, I, I was just trying to see paths to him making the roster. Now, it's still very early. Have three preseason games, multiple weeks before that first preseason game. But it's, uh, it's a good sign for DJ, obviously, because he did impress in OTAs. We were talking about him. That's and right. now it's translating to training camp. Yeah. Uh, great news for him to continue to make that push, make that cornerback room interesting. That is a spot 
where before training camp, when we were discussing where could a surprise cut happen, that's one where if these rookies really force their way, and, and for DJ Ivy, as well as he's going to play at corner, a lot of that's going to come down to special teams contributions as well. When you start to talk about that, yeah, that right. depth on the, on, the, on the depth chart, I guess, Jalen Davis plays a lot of special teams for this team. And, and so it'll be interesting. You mentioned DJ Turner going into the slot, getting some reps against Tyler Boyd. We'll, we'll see if we see some I, of that. I have, hope have we, we do. Him? No, I, I haven't really. I hope we do because I, I think that makes sense. Like, because if, if you have this like clog of corners, well, DJ Turner is making the team, duh. So what if he can be your backup nickel and also play back? And you've mentioned this, but just be your backup at all three spots potentially. Yeah. That makes sense. Another Michigan corner had that ability that has played for the Bengals historically. Mm-hmm. Leon Hall. 2-9. Cam Taylor-Britt has his number, but 2-9. Cam someone, Taylor-Britt. Someone said, someone said that DJ Turner reminds him, uh, someone tweeted me, uh, of Leon Hall. I don't know if I'm there, but I, I, I won't argue it if, it if it continues down this path. You know, he's smaller than Leon, but. Yeah, Leon was, Leon Hall was an thick. incredible player for this team. Really good yeah. getting down downhill on screens too like that was the signature leon hall play if you remember highlights of leon hall busting up screens he's bigger he's bigger still ran a, a sub four four ran a four three so yeah. he could run yeah uh cam taylor Britt also yeah pick six yep. is that is that right pick six he's uh I, I think it's it's going a long way for him to to deal with jamar chase and and get used to that. And yeah, it was against the backup quarterback. I can't. I, I forget off the top of my head if it was Simeon or Browning, mm-hmm. but uh, takes it in. Had a nice dance with it. Brings the energy. Cam is is confident. I, I think he's getting better and better. And um, he, uh, honestly, uh, a one two three like a starting cornerback room of Chidobe Awuzie, uh, Cam Taylor, Britt, and Mike Hilton with, with a guy like DJ Turner on the bench. And an experienced veteran like Sidney Jones on the bench or whatever that however it falls out. Like I feel really good about the depth there at corner yeah. and, and, and their ability. So yeah. They've been impressive so far. And it's not like the Bengals have slouches at receiver because you've seen Andre Yosevash make plays in camp. You've seen no Kwame Lasseter. Uh, I think you you posted this play. Um m- make an incredible catch down the sideline. One handed one handed yeah. catch, right? Uh, on, a, yeah. on a bomb from Trevor Sidney, yeah. I believe it was. It was unbelievable. It was yep. Uh, it, it, the, these guys are making plays as well. It's not like the corners are dominating. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, these guys are all obviously making plays. Tyler Boy making plays. Um, but but it's been a good camp for the corner so far. We'll see when the pads come on. That should be imminent, and and that will also tell us more about trench battles. Where Jonah Williams was back at practice on back together Saturday, back at right tackle, just to keep you in the loop. There he wasn't. Jackson Carmen had two straight practices with the ones. At right tackle, one of those, according to Zach Taylor, was a planned rest day for Jonah Williams. So, not necessarily something to read a ton into there yet, but they're treating it like a competition, and and they kind of said that they would, and we'll see how that will continue to monitor that one. Uh, Miles Murphy looks like he's getting a lot of work on the left side from what we've seen mm-hmm. so far. Joseph Osai is still working on the right side. There's one play. Is a T. Higgins crosser that got posted and, and went around. DJ Turner, man, or DJ Reader had an excellent hump move, matched up on Orlando Brown, tossed a Orlando what? Brown. 
called a hump move. The the hand goes into the armpit essentially. This is a, a Reggie White move. You you you've heard Willie Anderson talk about this. If you follow Willie on Twitter, you get underneath and and in into the into the body there, and he just tossed Orlando Brown. DJ Reader is a very very strong man. On the, on the in the same play, Osai wins around the arc and has a chance for a strip sack. We'll see when pads come on. You, you got to wait for pads for a lot of this stuff. But some impressive reps there that I wanted to shout out a couple of those defensive linemen for uh, that I saw on Saturday as well. Any other standouts, James, that you want to hit? All right. Charlie Jones had a really nice touchdown on uh, on Back Together, or, or on Friday, rather, and then had a really nice catch over the middle, middle on Back Together Saturday. Alan George, another corner in that room, mm-hmm. had two nice pass breakups. And and that's the thing, man. It's, it's just such a such a talented cornerback room. So we'll see there. Uh, I'm trying to think of other plays. Uh, you mentioned Andre Yosavashi had a nice catch on the sideline on Friday. Trenton Irwin has had a really good camp. Yeah. I mean, really good. I mean, he's made a bunch of plays. So that's another one that uh, deserves a shout out. I, I just, that this is a really deep team, really talented team. Uh, Chase Brown ha- has had a couple of nice plays, certainly uh, working his way into the mix there. Um, I'm trying to think if I'm, I'm missing anyone. I'm, I'm just, going through every play in my head that I can think of overall. I just, I think this team is super talented and, and they, you can see the depth. I was talking to a veteran on Saturday afterwards and he's like, man, we are really good. Like it, it, in offensive line wise, it's been such a topic. I think the offensive line is going to be pretty darn good. I really yeah. do. We, we need to see them with pads on for sure. Like some of this stuff, the, the reps I shouted out the defensive linemen for you got, you got to see them with pads on for all this stuff happening. Sure. In the trenches. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about wide receiver here. You mentioned Trent Nurman. We've talked about Andre Yosevash. We talked about Charlie mm-hmm. Jones. We, we mentioned Kwame Lasseter. Stanley mm-hmm. Morgan, we know what he means to this team. Have you seen anything that in your mind is starting to bring any clarity to what you think happens in terms of cutdowns to the wide receiver position? Trent Taylor's name we haven't mentioned once, I think, in the last week. Trent, Trent's solid. I, I just think that for him to make the team, he's going to have to be the starting punt returner. Like that's his path. I, I, Cause I, I don't see it elsewhere. Like Charlie Jones can do what he can do as a receiver. We've seen that in the slot. And so he's making the team. Andre Yusavash has had flashes for sure outside, but you know, he is raw. Like it's not like he's ready to go today, but Boyd Higgins, chase locks, Irwin lock Jones lock. There's five. If Yusavash makes it six, and then Stanley Morgan Jr., we know he how valuable he is on special teams. That's why he's on the team. That and his blocking ability. Like th- those are still my seven, if I had to guess today. But you're right, Lasseter's made some plays. Uh I I think it's gonna be tough. I and interesting. Shedrick Jackson is super quick. He's made a couple plays too. He's just kind of buried in that wide receiver room. He's trying to come out of it and, and show what he can do. So we'll see. But it's uh it's a talented room and there there aren't really uh, any obvious spots available? Uh, one last guy we have to shout out, hmm. Tanner Hudson. Yes, man, I forgot it. Yes, go ahead. He's he's just making plays, man. I'll, I'll let you 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 spend more time here, but yeah. it's been two or three practices in a row where Tanner yeah. Hudson, keep an eye on him. Yeah. Tanner Hudson, touchdown. Tanner Hudson, this. Tanner Hudson, that. Yeah, Tanner Hudson to me, and, and you're talking about a guy who has played in the NFL. It's not like he's a, a an undrafted guy that's never played and, and he he's he's working up uh you know uphill so to speak. 
you're talking about 6'5", 240, has 10 career receptions. Okay, fine. But he's appeared in 33 games. It was on the Bucks when they won the Super Bowl. And he he's made plays. Number 87, get used to it because I, I think it'll translate to the preseason. And with Mitch Wilcox out, Devin Asiasi had a bad drop on Thursday or Friday, and he's not known for his catching ability anyways. Tanner Hudson certainly in the mix at tight end. I think the first two guys, Irv Smith Jr., Drew Sample, we know who they are. But Tanner Hudson is, is certainly playing his way into uh, consideration here. Now, we need to see it. It was four days, much like Zach Taylor said with DJ Turner. You need right. to see consistency. But he's flashed. Dan Horde, I think, was the first one. Shout out to him to, to mention him. Mm-hmm. I hate that he beat me to it. But uh, Tanner Hudson is someone that should be on our radar because I do think that there's a decent chance he makes the team now. And, and uh, we'll see. Obviously, preseason, you know, we have a long way to go, but he's certainly in the mix. Yeah, another position where pads on is, is an important distinguisher distinction. Pads on for tight ends. But Chase Brown practiced with, with pads, by the way, on Friday. How cool is that? Is that legal? He's allowed to if he wants to. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we're not ratting on the... No, I, I think it was just shoulder pads, but yeah, um, I think he wanted to feel feel it. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to, I'm pretty sure. I just don't think you have to. Hmm. Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Tanner Hudson. If if Mitch Wilcox needs to start the season on the pup list, if Devin Asiasi doesn't do enough to distinguish himself, Tanner Hudson last year played 258 snaps for the New York Giants, and 70 of those were run-blocking snaps. So the Giants clearly felt fine about putting him in line and letting him run-block. So... Maybe maybe something there, something that we definitely ten catches need to last year, ten catches last year. Just saying, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one with pads on this week. Trench stuff gets more interesting. Keeping an eye on those defensive line rotations, which we haven't talked a whole lot about for obvious reasons. There there have been more pressing matters to to get to. Uh, that'll that'll continue to be interesting, and pads always make a difference. Excited for that this week as we continue our coverage of Bengals training camp here on Lockdown Bengals. And I need to get on a plane here in the near future, James. Uh-oh. Get myself down to Cincinnati. Pretty exciting stuff. Let, let me get your calf real quick. Yeah, no problem. You uh, can have it. You, you don't do leg day enough to, to use your calf. That's, we'll have to use somebody else's. That's fake news. Why, why are you spreading that? Don't do that. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow. Bengals are back at practice tomorrow. Tomorrow being Monday, we're recording this on Sunday. We'll have your post-practice takeaways and everything else you need here on the Locked On Bengals podcast throughout training camp. Thanks for listening to this episode, and until next time, day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.